We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome again, one and all, to the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by Frances Tomas and myself, Dan Hilton, from BarcaBlog.com. We're delighted that you joined us again for another week of FC Barcelona news transfer talk, particularly over the summer, and some of the hottest breaking stories coming out of the Camp New. If you're new here, please consider subscribing at any point during the podcast. You can check out all the website links, where we also have exclusive deals on a number of different products, including some on Amazon that we've shared with you. Of course, you can get that in the description. We'll get started right away, and Frances, we have a packed show. Usually I have time to ask you how you're doing, but today we kind of have to get right to it. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about today's show. I'm doing okay and uh, very excited about what's coming. We've got Nelson Semedo, uh, Barca Best Promotion, Carla Saranya, Rumors, and um, at the end we're going to finish with a beautiful poem that one of our Barca Globe dot com fans sent over social media so yeah let's get to it yeah the first thing you mentioned is nelson semedo and over the course of this summer we keep talking about all the transfer rumors and this one's been one that's been persisting for about you know about two weeks now um where hector bellerin from arsenal who we've had shows about in the past he seems to be the number one right back transfer target but as we've also talked about he's going to be awful pricey so Barcelona thinks they might be able to get Nelson Semedo for a little cheaper. However, the Portuguese defender, who's doing really well at 2017 Confederations Cup in Russia, you know that's going to put up the price tag a little bit, as well as Benfica is not known for selling their players on the cheap, particularly those that is you know only 22, 23 years old, like Semedo is. And looking at Benfica, though, they're also prepared to replace him. As you had mentioned to me earlier before the show, they're prepared to lose Semedo to either Manchester United or Barcelona, as they have Pedro Pereira, who is a younger player, who was signed from Sampdoria. And along with the rumors for Bellerin, Semedo being that backup kind of means that Barcelona might potentially get into a, a, uh, a bidding war with Manchester United. And so for me, Frances, I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear what you think about this too, in terms of whether or not Barcelona is willing to get into that bidding war with Man U. I think Semedo would be a great addition for Barca simply because he has been excelling at Benfica and his previous clubs in Portugal for, for a variety of years now. Um, although, obviously, he's really, really young and talented. Now, Barca, I think, as I said, in, I think it was episode 7 when we discussed uh, Bellerin's addition. 
I think Bellerin has to be our first priority, given the fact that he knows um, how La Masia's system works. Uh, the Barca formation, he's got loads of friends at uh, the Barca's first team as well. Um, he's now a Spanish international, and uh, as we know from previous summers, that is always a great way to start relationships, keep relationships, and uh, ultimately attract people to the Camp Nou. Um, I would say Bellerin is, is the first choice, but Semedo is also someone who Barca should be looking at, either Bellerin option, as you sort of hinted when you were speaking earlier, um, becomes too expensive. I think if they were both um, offered to Barca um, at the same price, I think Barca should go for Bellerin, but Semedo would be a great choice if that, that wasn't to be. Having said that, I'm not really necessarily sure that the Portuguese clubs, e.g. Benfica or Porto for that matter, um, are easy to negotiate with. They are notorious for raising the price tag in their talent. And uh, I really strongly believe that it's going to be hard negotiation with Arsenal for Bellerin and Benfica for Semedo. But I think either one of them would be an improvement in what we've got. Obviously, we've got Sergio Roberto, who has been doing well, but he's not a natural right back. And uh, I'm still not fully convinced about Alej Vidal being able to be a, a regular starter um, the cali of the caliber that Barca needs. So all of those factors play, play come into play. Other than highlight reels, I mean, here in the States, you really can't watch um, much of the Portuguese league. But the scouting reports and everything said about him is that not only is he good at passing, dribbling, um, but he's also more defensive-minded even than Bellerin. And, you know, you're seeing at the Confederations Cup that, you know, he still has that speed. He tracks back and he gets back to where he needs to be. And he just seems to be an all-around solid addition to, you know, any team that he's put into. And looking at Man United and willing and seeing what they're willing to spend on him as well, you know, they have Antonio Valencia, the 31-year-old Ecuadorian. You know, he used to be a winger and he's now he's been in the modern game converted back to the right back or the wing back position. And they also have the Italian, Matteo Darmian, but he, you know, he's fallen out of favor with Jose Mourinho. Surprise, surprise, Jose Mourinho not favoring certain players. And then, but Semedo, meanwhile, scoring two goals, six assists, you know, doing a little bit. And he, again, he's showing that he has that offensive pedigree to get forward. So to me, you know, as we continue to talk about a lot of these different, you know, what, what midfield transfer between the Verratti saga and Nelson Semedo, um, to me, the larger part, Frances, is, you know, clubs being able to take care of their transfer business early and quickly and at a premium price. Um, and I think that's actually the bigger story coming out of this is that, you know, between Verratti and who's going to come into the midfield, and we'll talk later and in our next show as well of, you know, different names that keep popping up. But for me, you know, that right back position is going to turn into a long, drawn out summer saga, which is what Barcelona have found themselves in on a, you know, a number of the, the past summers. And I think yeah. Spanish clubs at large and, you know, for, for all of the, you know, the negative I'm saying about La Liga and some of the teams taking their time there, the Premier League is even worse because the Premier League usually waits to the last hour. And, you know, and as we've talked about, I am pretty familiar with the Bundesliga. And for the Bundesliga, when it, whether it's Munich, whether it's Dortmund, even smaller clubs like Werder Bremen, they're already doing a lot of their work. And they've already agreed with players for when that transfer window opens in a few days. And so once that happens, all these players are going to be coming into Germany and signing quickly 
And for La Liga and Premier League clubs, they just they draw it out and they wait and it just doesn't happen. So I think this Semedo thing, we could really talk about him and Bellerin basically every week until the end of the transfer window. Yeah, and, and how boring would that be, isn't it? Um, I agree with you. I think transfer should be finalized um, as soon as the league finishes um, or as, as quickly after that as possible. Now, we don't want the Semedo saga to be dragging throughout the whole summer. We... You know, the Barca board should have done the homework and they should have gotten Bellerin and Semedo already in talks. Now, I know that they've also been talking to Joao Cancelo, who is currently currently at Valencia, and I would say it would be the third choice. But um, I, I really do think that the, the Barca board are quite inefficient when it comes to bringing players. And uh, as we've talked about in the podcast before, they're also or even more inefficient or useless at selling players for profit. Now, if the money for players that we're selling on was acceptable or wasn't, you know, ridiculous compared to what Real Madrid, for example, get, then we would be in a completely different position. And to be honest, we probably would be able to afford Bellerin straight away and then we wouldn't have this, this problem right now. But yeah, in terms of having either one of the two players, I think that Semedo would add the defensive know-how and uh, the physicality that perhaps Bellerini is lacking. But, you know, I think considering what both players could bring to the team, this should have been finalized far, far earlier. I do agree with you. Yeah, because I think the longer it draws out, too, the higher the price tag goes up. Exactly. Definitely. Yep. And so while the transfer sagas getting later and later into the summer is going to be a point of frustration, one positive thing coming up out of the camp new as we do change directions a little bit is that we've been talking for the past few weeks about Barcelona B having an uphill battle to get promoted to the Segunda Division, the second division in Spanish football. And they did in the final round of the playoff, they did their due diligence going out and really being the much better team over two legs against Racing Santander. And so for Gerard Lopez and his squad, they're now going to be playing in the second division And that could mean a lot, not necessarily for players going right from Barca B to the first team, because as we had talked about in previous shows as well, Frances, Barca B last season signed a number of different players outside of the academy to reach the Segunda division. You know, they grabbed older guys, whether it was Alfaro, who's 26, or different players with experience at that level to get back to uh, to get back to the second division so it it wasn't necessarily you know the academy prospering this past season but it could be this upcoming season but I'm interested to hear what you know your big idea coming out of and really the big positive coming out of Barca B being promoted would be yeah well definitely the promotion in itself is a huge huge news for the club the fact that they're going to be playing in just one tier below the first division in segunda división A um, is, is tremendous news. Now, as you did mention, a lot of players of the team that got promoted were signed from elsewhere. Uh, we cannot forget that Segunda División B is a category in Spain in which you know there are a lot of experienced players. It's not just about the quality, and there is plenty of quality in, in that third year of Spanish football. But beyond that is the fact that it's a really physical category there's people that, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they lack the speed, maybe they just didn't get lucky in their progression as, as players themselves through the ranks, um, ended up playing in Segunda División B, which is really a, a hugely quality competitive category. 
Now, that being said, if you put a group of youngsters, like 19, 20, 21 years old, fighting against, well, battling against um, really experienced players who, in the majority of times, they're around 27 to 31, 32 years old, then the physical difference is, is obvious. Now, Barca B, obviously, the, the, the youngsters in Barca B have got their freshness, they've got the hunger, they're much more agile, they're much faster, but then because a lot of field, a lot of pitches in Segunda B are quite small, um, there aren't always plenty of spaces for them to run into, and that that is it can be a huge struggle. So um, Gerard Lopez being able to lead Barca B to, to promotion is fantastic news because in Segunda A there are quality teams that just got relegated from the first division. So basically they've gone from playing against Barca A to Barca B in just one year. And, um, you know, the pitches are much larger. There are, there are many more scouts that can look at the players. There are much more competitiveness going on in there. And uh, the, the game is not as physical, although it is quite physical as well. But the, the main sort of aim of the second division A is to play football in order to win. Whereas in the second division B, it's a little bit more about controlling games and results can be quite narrow most of the time. So I really do think the Barca youngsters will benefit from that added quality and uh, the step to the first division being narrowed. Yeah, and as you said, Barcelona B getting to the second division is all about the youth. It's all about teenagers and you know players who've just turned 20 and grooming them for the first team or seeing what kind of players they'll be and whether or not they fit into the big picture with the first team. And you know recently, in other news, technical secretary of training, soccer at Barcelona, Pep Segura, recognized you know just the other day on Barca TV, the difficulties in planning, and you could see the undertones that he was kind of mentioning or making reference to the $3 million transfer of Jordi Mbula, who was one of the most promising players in the youth level right below Barca B. And now that Mbula is gone to Monaco, you know, that trend that we had talked about, that exodus of younger players, and um, we're even seeing uh, a young center back in Eric Garcia moving to Manchester City as well. So, you know, that big exodus, you know, you could have said that not having those young teenagers being able to play at Barcelona B, having to play on those tinier fields even in the lower divisions, you know, that was helping lead to that exodus. And for me, the the promotion of the second division, and I've listed seven players in particular who are currently on Barcelona B that I've circled to say Barcelona B getting promoted is most important to these seven guys, and that's the left back, Marco Corella. 19-year-old midfielder, Alice Carbonell, 18-year-old forward, Rafa Mujica, as well as, and we've talked about these two South Koreans who were at the U-20 World Cup in South Korea, in Sung-Hoo Lee, the forward, and of course, Sung-Ho Pak, the 19-year-old midfielder, and then the Santiago Bueno, the 18-year-old Uruguayan center back, as well as Ferran Sosanetis, the 19-year-old center defensive midfielder, those seven being the guys, all teenagers, who I think if they choose to play at Barcelona B next year, you know, those are going to be the guys that they're playing at Barcelona B and they play well, they could see themselves doing what Carlos Alenia did this year. And that just tells you, and we'll talk about Alenia in a minute, but, you know, he's a guy that was able to go right from the lower levels, not just second division, but the lower levels straight into the first team in 
you know, in his limited appearances. But now for those guys, they can hone their craft at Barcelona B, and you see if they are first-team quality. And also, as you mentioned, scouts are more prevalent in the second division. So if those guys aren't in the long-term plans of Barcelona, as we've talked about in the past, those youngsters can potentially be sold for larger for larger transfer fees as opposed to just having them be basically be given up from, you know, being a 22-year-old forward that no one ever saw and they only get sold for a million or two million. Now, if they can succeed in the second division but still aren't Barcelona material, well, then they can be sold for something more like six. Definitely. And uh, if, if the important bit, I think, it was the missing step. If uh, all the players that you mentioned, that huge quality, plenty of potential, but had Barca been, or been promoted to second division A, they would have had a missing gap. So that, meaning that they would have had to continue the development elsewhere. Um, Barca have been using sort of a system in which they loan players out or they sell players for say five, six million and then have a buyback clause of 10, 10 to 12 million. And uh, to be honest, that hasn't really worked too well. I think it is far better to keep the players within your radar um, the ones that are the Barca B and are excelling could be training with the first team and, you know, you're not going to learn any more football than, you know, training alongside Messi and Iniesta and Suarez on a daily basis. So I think that has to be the way forward. But had Barca B not been promoted, that would have been impossible. Now, um, I also think that Barca B probably need to change a little bit of their philosophy, given the the point that I was making earlier about um, the Bar- the second division B being quite physical. If you think about it, the 15 players that have played the most this season at Barca B, 60% of them did not come from La Masia and they've only been at the club for one and a half years. Those players that joined in the last year and a half that have been key for Barca B's promotion have an average of age of 23 years. So if you think about it, 23 years old for a Barca reserve team is actually quite old. Because um, Andre Gomez, Denis, Suarez, Alcácer and Lucas Digne, they're between 22 and 23 and they're playing for the first team. So I really do think that Barca B need to have a, ba- a good balance, having quality experienced players. And to be honest, I don't think they need to be 22 or 23. Uh, I think they could be older. Um, thinking back around a decade when Barca B were actually solid in the second division, you had players like Jonathan Soriano, for example, that uh, were leading the team from the experience. And uh, having that balance really helped the team there. When the team started experimenting of just having youngsters, that's where things began to crack. So I think there needs to be uh, a balance of good role models, but also proper quality youngsters coming through, youngsters that are given a chance, youngsters that are given plenty of confidence, and they're not just there to fill in the gas, but actually leading the way. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And to that point, I think for the the guys who are, as you were mentioning, getting to be 20, 21, 22 years old, and the ones that come to mind, Gerard Gumbau, who we've seen in the first team in the past, Wilfred Captum, who's made some Copa del Rey, and I believe a few years ago he made a Champions League appearance as well, um, in, you know, in one of the games after the group was wrapped up. And then 21-year-old Mark Cardona, who actually wasn't La Mesia, but had come in for Barcelona B. Those three guys are guys that are, at, at now, leaders of that Barcelona B squad. And whether or not they stay in the Segunda division, or, again, they're kind of guys that I'm thinking, well, will they be going out alone? Because clearly they're, 
in those three, they've had their chances. They've had their looks with training with the first team, and they probably aren't ever going to be regular first teamers at Barcelona. But will they go on, on loan now? Will they be sold for something? Or with Barcelona be getting to the second division, now those guys don't necessarily need to be pushed that quickly. They can play in the Segunda division this season and be those leaders to help the younger players that we had talked about being first priority in their development, guys who could potentially be first team players. And the one player I didn't mention that I think our listeners have already thought about and said, well, when are they going to get to talking about Sergi Palencia? And for me, Sergi Palencia is either going to be a first teamer for Barcelona or he needs to go out on loan or he needs to be sold. I think at one point, you know, he was the captain of Barcelona B. And I think I know they were promoted, so it would be a step up for him. But I think being 22 years old, being the right back that he is and the hole that Barcelona have at the right back position, I think it's either time for Palencia to be a first team player or to be moved on for uh, you can even put a buyback in, as you had already mentioned. Yeah, I think it, it all links to our first point, actually. If uh, Barca decided not to spend heavily on Bellerin or Semedo, then I would have thought Alex Vidal would have the starting position um, because the, the plan is that Sergi Roberto moves forward to midfield this season. So Alex Vidal would be the one left. And having Palencia playing regularly at Barca B in the second division and, say, training with the first team, I think would be would be a step forward for him. Now, the other player I want to talk about is Carla Salagna, who you know has been really hyped up, particularly in the British media. Um, I read a report earlier this week saying that uh, Mauricio Pochettino, who is the manager at Tottenham um, Hotspurs, has been following Salagna really, really closely and trying to secure his services, which you know is not really surprising because Barca B this year scored 83 goals in 38 games, which is astonishing and uh, only received 29 goals against. Now, that balance, and definitely uh, the part about scoring plenty of goals as well, is pretty much down to Carlos Salagnan, the way that he can boss the midfield around, he can organise the, the ball flow, um, he can go from the second line, push forward. He's been combining really well with his forwards as well. So, unsurprisingly, Salagnan has been linked with plenty of teams and... Uh, I do believe that Pochettino is not the first and definitely not the last um, major manager who is interested in signing, well, in my eyes, is the most promising player in Barca B right now. I mean, I would say with the quality that Tottenham has and the style that they play, if while I obviously wouldn't want Elena sold, if Tottenham are willing to take him on, on a loan, but I, I think the problem with that would be that there's no guarantee he would play. You know, obviously Pochettino is concerned with Alenia for the future and not necessarily for this upcoming season. And the same can probably be said with Barcelona because I think where Alenia sits right now, he is that, that jewel right now. He's overtaken Samper to be the, the hope of the future midfield. And you talk about the British media are the ones touting him to be the future of the Barcelona midfield now. And Barcelona doesn't want to lose him under any circumstances, until they can kind of answer that question for themselves. And he has committed himself. He has said, you know, he has a desire. And Barcelona is being very aggressive in extending his contract. And, of course, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago with Mbula, I think Barcelona board, across the board, are trying to raise those release clauses so players, so other teams can't just swoop in for a 19-year-old. And they've got a $3 million release clause, and now that player is gone to another team 
because they believe they'll get first team minutes there where they wouldn't at Barcelona. So for Elena, the big question is going to be how patient he's going to be in willing to wait to get his chance. And as we had mentioned, no midfielder has yet to be sold for Barcelona. And we'll talk about that in, in our next show. But between Tehran, Rakitic, Iniesta, Sergio Roberto now, as you had mentioned, Rafina, Denis Suarez, Gomez, Sergi uh, Obusquets, you know, where does Alenia fit in all of that and where are those minutes going to come? And I don't know if they are, but as you mentioned, having Barcelona be, be right there, maybe that is the next step for him this year. But he, then he's going to be, you know, he's 19 until January. And then all of a sudden, now you're talking about a 20-year-old player and he's going to be looking around the rest of the world and even at top clubs and saying, well, there are 20-year-olds playing there. Why am I not playing it at my first team? Definitely. Uh, but I think he's made out of a different mold. I think he's one of the classic Barca midfielders who has been learning learning the straight from Benjamin and Alevin and all the way up. That, that's the under nines and under, say, 10 and 11s. So he's been learning his straight. I think he's Barca through and through. He's born Catalan. Obviously, his contract now expires in June 2018 and his release clause is just 3 million euros which um, you know a player of his quality for three million would be would be a steal right now. So the Barca board and rightly so are trying to um, upgrade and renew his contract, and hopefully that will be finalized as soon as this week. That's what the Catalan media are reporting. Um, as long as the representatives and the player himself are happy uh, with with what's on the table for them, then they they should be able to close the deal in the in the ne- in the coming days. Um, I do believe that Alenia next season, given Barca's promotion, should stay at Barca B, but I think she should be training with Barca A. Now, let's not forget that this is the system and the, the strategy that Barca used when Andres Iniesta started joining the first team. At the time, players like Deco and Philippe Cocu um, and even Edgar Davids were bossing it in Barca's first team and Iniesta was learning from them through training. He worked really well at Barca B for just a season or a season and a half. And then given his quality, he was very quickly promoted. Now, that is something that Alanya I think, should be doing and should be looking at at this point. I think Iniesta is so the example La Masia player for a huge variety of reasons. And um, going back to, the, to someone you mentioned earlier, um, Samper. Now, he was loaned up to Granada. Everyone thought he was sort of the natural heir to Sergio Busquets in the middle, but actually that didn't quite work out. So leaving on loan to a team that has been so heavily involved in the relegation battle, I do not think has made him any favours. And I would say Alanya has gone ahead of him in the pecking order. And at this moment in time, he would be silly to leave. He's really thought about hugely well by all the coaches um, Gerard Lopez, his current coach at Barca B, definitely considers him a basic player. Ernesto Valverde, coming to coach Barca's first team, is um, a manager who traditionally has looked at um, La Cantera, which is the youth system in any team that he's been in. And uh, I think Alanya, given his potential, given the fact that he's uh, under 21 international, doing really well right now as well. And the fact that, you know, he was a key player on the huge success that Barca B has enjoyed, then it would be silly to, to miss the chance to be promoted to the Camp Nou. 
Yeah, I mean, Barcelona B were a totally different squad in his 25 appearances because oftentimes, as you had mentioned, he would sit on the bench for the first team, particularly at the end of the year. And then when he came back into the playoffs, into the Barcelona B fold, as I mentioned, their midfield just had that extra bite and that extra tempo, and they were able to control games a little better. He even scored three goals at Barcelona B over the course of the year. And as we had talked about, in the first team, he even made four appearances as a teenager this past season, playing 40 total minutes in the Liga, a lot of those coming at the end of the season, and then once in the Copa del Rey, where he also scored a goal, if we will remember, um, his first goal for the first team. And so, I mean, as, as, as we've talked about, Alenia is one certainly to watch. Um, and for me, the bigger picture is going to be how Valverde or should I say who Valverde favors in the midfield and who is just going to be surplus to requirements so far this year because there are a ton of midfielders still on the books at Barcelona right now. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Now, shall we move on to the messy poem? Oh, absolutely. I I think, you know, we made it, as we've always talked about, you know, we try to fit Messi into every show because I I think, again, (laughs) why wouldn't you try to put the best player in the world in every show? But having made it about 29 minutes in without mentioning him, we're going to dedicate the next about, what, two or three minutes to, to Lionel Messi, Argentinian talisman. And so would you like to read it or do you want me to do the honors? Um, I, I want to thank Wahia for sending this poem to us. Now, as you know, social media for Barcelona.com and TheBarcelonaPodcast.com um, is, is very strong. We've got in excess of 700,000 followers. And uh, if you're one of them, then thank you for your support over the years. Um, this is the first poem that I ever get, though. Uh, we've been blogging f- and, and podcasting for around eight to nine years now, and I've received a lot of weird messages, which, you know, <laughs> happens sometimes, but, um, and lots of questions, which we're really grateful for. But um, the poem that Dan's about to read is, it didn't make me cry, but it did make me think, wow, what we're doing here um, really is connecting people around the world. And um, Wahia, wherever in the world you are, we're really grateful for the time and the love you showed with your poem. So, Dan, if you want to do the honors, um, I'm really eager to hear it. All right. Well, there is no title to it, so I'll get right to it with line one. Dancing to the beat of this glorious sport, dancing on the fields around the world, dancing are also the defenders to the beat of the ball to his feet. He moves forward, the Blagrana faithful erupt in cheers. With his smile, he warms our hearts, the inexplicable joy and happiness, sometimes trickling down as tears, a nightmare for all defenders, twisting and then turning. They come in his way, then they're the ones regretting. Nutmeg for a final blow, oh so humiliating. Our frowns to grins, he's the one changing. His vision so sharp like an eagle hunting for its prey. When they see him coming, they wish they could stop him for their mercy, they pray. Like a master of puppets, some of his marionettes, some left as mannequins. Some roll over and some fall down, kissing his shadows, kissing the grass, kissing the dust he leaves behind. If he falls down, he gets right back up. Push him, tug him, build a wall. There's nothing you can do that will make him stop. If football is an art, you're the greatest masterpiece of it. If football is a kingdom, you're the one true king ruling them all. Nobody a better fit. Magical, magisterial, otherworldly. To ever attempt to describe you, there aren't words too many. To this world, Leo, you're a blessing. To us, cools, you're everything and more. You're the heart and soul. You're the pride of the Barca we call home. Gracias por todo, Lionel Andres Messi. 
isn't that beautiful? That's that's that basically gathers up all the great things that that make Messi stand out and and be sort of head and shoulders above the rest. Well, here again, really really proud of um, how much you love Barca. I mean, it is my hometown club, so seeing so many people around the world showing so much love for something that is sort of part of of me and, and my friends and and my local community really does mean a lot now everyone else who's listening to the show here's a challenge for you we are really grateful for all the questions and all the comments you send and we really challenge you to continue to do that to make this show um even more exciting for us all to listen but more importantly to make it to bring it better to you to make it more personal to you so having your contributions having a shelter in the show is something that I challenge you to do. So keep thinking. You don't have to write a poem. Um, if you know how to sing, you may send us some sort of voice memos. But if you cannot sing, please don't do that. And uh, But yeah, please get engaged, get involved. And uh, we are very grateful for everything you do for us. While we talk about transfer rumors and we talk about tax issues and all the negative things that surround the the big money world of football, most importantly, Frances, why we do this and why other supporters of other teams do what they do is that it's a community that you foster together. And I think that's the, the most important thing about sports. You know, And that's what I got out of that poem was that that shared experience of watching that the, the, the magical feat of, of Lionel Messi and how while soccer can be violent and where sports in general it can be violent and greedy and there's all of these different issues, there is something very beautiful and, and very seamless about just watching the flow of offense, the ingenuity of the mind, and particularly the mind of Lionel Messi working and pushing and, and working hard in support of all those people that support him. And again, as you mentioned, the most important part of this is the community that we're trying to foster here. And some ways that you can help do that is not only hit the like button, you can again hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and even leave messages on SoundCloud. And in particular, we'd love if we got some reviews or ratings on iTunes as well. And you can find all that at thebarcelonapodcast.com. Again, look us up on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're going to continue to bring you the hottest breaking stories from the Camp New. And of course, until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Forza Barca. Forza Barca.